Good afternoon, everyone. Once again today, we give thanks to God that we can be together to worship our triune God. May our Heavenly Father use this worship service for the upbuilding of our faith. We welcome all guests with us this afternoon. Council has no announcements. This afternoon's worship service will be led by our pastor, Reverend Julius Bisponson. In preparation for worship, we will praise our God with the singing of pre-service song, Hymn 57. Let us rise for worship and lift up our hearts to the Lord. We begin this worship service by together confessing our dependence on the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Amen. We'll now sing together Psalm 16, stanzas 1 and 2. And if you could remain standing after the completion of the second stanza, then we can profess our faith together while we're still standing.
just sung, we shall not forsake the Lord forever. He's our cup and portion forever. We'll now together with the Church of all ages and places in the world profess our Catholic undoubted faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed as they're put to music in hymn one. together in prayer. Almighty, gracious God, we thank you that we may again incline our heads before your throne of grace. May know you, know you as our Father in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the privilege that we have of being known as your people that we can, as we could do this morning again, present our children to receive the sign and seal of the covenant, to celebrate together that we belong to you in Jesus Christ. We thank you for your Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts, who guides us in our conflict against our sinful nature, who gives us the desire to be here, to be gathered, to sing your praises, to submit our lives to your word. We ask, Father, that you will work powerfully in the hearts of those who are wandering away from this truth, from the gospel the message of hope and salvation in Jesus Christ. We ask that you will especially be with those who are under discipline. We pray that the exhortations they are receiving may be received, that they may bear fruit, 
that you will grant repentance, change of heart, change of life. Lord, we pray this in all humility, knowing that we constantly are fighting against our sins and seeking to return to you. We need your grace and spirit guiding us. We ask you for your grace and spirit. We ask that you will also bless the office bearers in their work, your servant who this place who's ordained to proclaim the gospel, who's minister, pastor, teacher. We pray for the office bearers, the elders in their work. We pray that you will give them much wisdom, love for those they are caring for, that you will grant them perseverance when it's challenging their task. We ask that you will also give them what they need to say the right things to those who need it at their different times in their lives. We pray for the elders, minister, and the deacons, because we know, Lord, they are weak, needy of your spirit, that we all rely on your grace. We also pray for the wives and the children of the office bearers, that you will give them what they need. They also give support. Often have to make many sacrifices because of the work their husbands or fathers are doing. We pray, Father, that you will bless these families as well. We thank you, Father, that so many of us as members of this congregation have been blessed with gifts, experiences, and talents that we're able to use to serve you, to serve one another, both in this congregation and also beyond in our community, different areas where we're, we're able to speak and to serve you. We pray, Father, that you will guide us in this work, in, in, in our lives, that truly your name may be glorified and honored also through what we say and do. We ask, Father, that you will be with the new members of our congregation. We thank you that we could receive and welcome Jason and Jessica Vanderward, Kiara and Sadie, the children. We pray that you will bless this family in our midst and that we may also be a blessing for them. We pray that you will be with uh, Caleb and Jocelyn, their son Fraser, who moved away uh, to the Fraser Valley. We pray that you will bless this family as well and as they seek to serve you in the new community. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will be with those in our congregation who are, are sick. And we think of Brandon DeWitt as well, as he remains in a hospital, he's awaiting surgery. We ask that you will be with him, encourage him, grant healing to him, relief from the pain, and that he may soon be able to have the operation that he needs. We ask that he may be encouraged also to know that he is a beloved brother of this congregation, and he is on our thoughts regularly, and may he be encouraged as well. We pray for all his family members at this time too, as they're as waiting and seeking, turning to you to grant mercy to him at this time. 
Thank you, Lord, that we may rejoice together with Valerie, DeWitt, Dwayne, and their children. We thank you that the latest test results can show some stability. We pray that you will be with this family and granting them ongoing strength, also in the days, weeks, and months to come. Once again, Lord, we realize that our lives are completely in your hands, and they are in the hands of a loving shepherd. And we thank you for this comforting truth. We pray, Father, that you will also be near to our brother Tristan Van Assen, and we pray that you will give him much wisdom, strength, endurance, that you will guide him by your spirit, by your word in his life. We thank you that he is able to know you as his Lord and Savior, puts his trust in you. We pray that you will give him wisdom in his particular situation, and especially that he may be able to give guidance, instruction to his son Holden. Bless him in his difficult situation. We thank you, Father, that again we know that you are a gracious God, a patient God, that you give us wisdom, that you guide us by your word. We pray that Tristan may also feel the encouragement and the love of the communion of the saints, not only those who know him well and are friends with him, also maybe some of us who don't know him so well, that he may know that he's not alone, that we too are walking in difficult paths and we can encourage one another. We pray, O oh Lord, that as we reflect on our needs, that we may also rejoice in the gospel that shines in the midst of all our different circumstances. The gospel of our life in Jesus Christ, an eternal salvation in your grace. We ask that as we turn to your word and read about this in Romans, consider our confession about Christ's death and his resurrection, that we may understand the joyous implications for our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We'll now open our Bibles and read together from Romans chapter 5. We'll start at verse 18 and we'll read through to the end of chapter 6. Romans chapter 5 verse 18. If you're in the building this afternoon, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you, and you can find that on page 942, where we have our, you can see the development of the contrast from death in Adam to life in Christ, and then death to sin and life to God in chapter 6, and the transition we see in verse 18 chapter 5. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. 
so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As far as the reading of Holy Scripture, we'll now sing together the last uh, three stanzas of Psalm 16. Again, recognizing the blessings that we have in our Lord as he gives us place in his kingdom. Also remembering together the prophecy of the Lord Jesus' resurrection. Will not leave me down in dark Sheol, nor let your Holy One there see corruption. Psalm 16, stanzas 3, 4, and 5. Thank you. 